Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fully Over Podcast. How's everyone? How's everybody since last week? I hope you guys had a really good week. I know I did. Um, I went to go see the Batman, and it was bitchin'. It was rad. Worked a lot this week, but it was rewarding, so it was cool. Hopefully, it was the same thing for you. Uh, today, we're going to get into it right off the rip. We're going to get into the Masvidal situation with uh, Covington. Yo, that's fucking crazy, bro. This dude ran up on uh, Covington and gave him a one-two from behind and then ran back into the restaurant. Um, yeah, he got in trouble. Cops came. This dude, Covington, had like a fractured tooth. Uh, there was like a $90,000 Rolex that was all bent and scratched up because, you know, they had a scuffle and Covington decided to press charges. So, dude, they booked, they booked uh, Masvidal. What was it? They booked on him, I think, for like two nights he was booked. And I think it was like $15,000 to like let him loose or whatever. Or to, what's, the, what's the actual word for it? Not let them loose, but um, post bail. Yeah, it was 15K to post bail. So I'm sure he had that in the bank. You just pay for it. But like, yo, that's like super shitty. Like it should need to have to be in a situation like that because it's like, you know, I heard that Covington basically had talked shit on him about his kids and his family. And it's like, I'm a Khabib fan. I agree with him regardless if I was a Khabib fan or not. But when he says you can't like talk about family and religion, you can't like bring that into this type of sport. Like it's cowardly, you know, and, and people obviously see when you do that, you're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to like, you know, hype yourself up, which makes total sense. But it's like, dude, you're going to talk about a person's family and then press charges at him for him coming at you. Bro, Covington, you're a bitch, dog. Like, straight up, you're a fighter. You should have just handled it like a man. You should have just said, you want to fight, dude? All right, let's go. You know what I mean? Granted, Masvidal shouldn't have ran up on him like that. Shouldn't have ran up on him and gave him the one-two from behind. Now, that's not cool. That's fucking cheap shot. Like, for a guy who's from the streets, you would think he would have a little bit more integrity. I mean, yo, like, like I see these UFC guys as, like, warriors. You know what I mean? I've watched too much Game of Thrones and too much Vikings to, like, think these guys have, like, you know any bad inch of, you know, non-honor in their body. But, like, a lot of them, you know, are trying to make a buck, trying to make a career. And, you know, the UFC doesn't really pay them that well. So, it's like they're doing what they can to be the next Conor McGregor. Makes total sense. But, like, come on, man. You got to get yourself together. You can't let the – you can't let your psyche get out of place. Like, and plus, why isn't the UFC doing more, like, on a psychologist level for these guys? You know what I mean? Like, hey, like, see a psychologist right before you go into the match to see one after because we got to make sure you're okay. You know, like – so situations like fucking this won't happen. You know, I'm not saying like it's the UFC's fault. I don't I'm not like a Dana White hater. I'm not like a UFC hater. Like I like the sport is still learning. The sport is still new. And plus it's combat sports. Like that's not like an ordinary sports. It's not like, you know, football or soccer. You know what I mean? It's not. It's really not. It's, it's a whole other thing in its own. So there, the level of rules that apply to like regular sports don't really apply to that. You have to think different. Um, but yeah, so like. Covington's a little bitch, but like when you cheap shot somebody, that kind of makes you a little bitch too. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not the toughest guy, but wherever I came from, anywhere I've ever come from, that's always been the consensus. Like you don't, you just don't do that. Um, but then it's like talked about his family though. So can you be mad at him? Not really. But y'all are UFC fighters. Y'all should have just like handled it, left it in the ring, and that was that. Now you guys are doing all this most likely to try and get a rematch, type two times two, but I don't think that's going to happen. Honestly, like this situation could be really bad PR for the UFC. I see, like, I honestly see Masvidal exited out. Like, I don't see him fighting a serious fight after this. Um, I see Covington going in Kamsat, that guy from Sweden with the cleft lip thing. Yeah, he's got the cleft lip, but like, he's, he's tough, bro. I don't know what it is about him. Something, something's like, 
something about that guy is a monster. Like just the way the way he like he he has a pretty good social media presence and he seems really nice, but when he's in the ring, he's a different person. It's like a different person comes out, and it's it's terrifying, honestly. Like I'm excited about that guy. I think that guy is going to be huge in the UFC. Two other guys I'm really stoked about in the UFC. I mean, I don't want to be super negative and like talk about the Masvidal thing the whole time, but honestly, like I'm stoked on Trigger Sean O'Malley. I'm super stoked on Patty Pimblet, aka Patty the Batty. Like. Those two for me are like my favorite thing right now about the UFC. That that prospect of these two being the biggest UFC fighters in the next like decade. You know what I mean? This guy, this guy Sugar Sean already said by 2023 he'll be a champ and then so on and so on. And I see it, yo. Give this guy a title shot. I think maybe one more fight and I think he's there. I think he deserves it. I think he's gotten to that point. You know, why not? Give give the man the chance. He's he's literally shown us that he can handle it. You know what I mean? There it has been not a reason for him not to do it. Like he expects it. I mean, like, dude, look at this article. So this article right now from MMAnews.com saying that Sugar Sean Malley reveals why he suspects or expects to be the UFC champion. Like, just like read this. Like, go into it. I mean, for a 135 pound division, he's saying that he's gonna win it by 2023. I mean, that's a pretty bold claim. But if there's anyone who's gonna claim it, it's gonna be this six nine looking fuck for sure. You know what I mean? Like, like this guy's a monster. Like just, and he's so popular on social media. Like he has such a great presence. So yeah, I mean, this, this is, this is like pretty interesting stuff. I mean, like O'Malley is part of arguably the most stacked division in the UFC with the elite contenders flooding from bantamweight title picture, bantamweight champion. Wow. Al Jermaine Sterling will face Peter Yan in uh, a title rematch, uh, UFC 273, with a slew of fighters such as Jose Aldo and Rob Font waiting in the wings. Like, like this guy is being put in with some great fighters. Like, that's his circle now. That's who he's going to be on the cards with. So I think that's huge. And with Patty the Batty, it's just you can't help but be stoked on that guy. You know, that guy is just next level. I mean, like, he made so much money. And, like, the guy deserves more for, for being such an up-and-coming artist artist wow up and coming fighter like give this guy more money let's see more of him put him in movies i want his i want a youtube channel i want a tiktok i want everything on this guy like he's so funny to me dude i just don't understand it i don't understand how like there's such talent and that they won't utilize it but like certain people will know certain people will know that like like this guy's obviously something you know what i mean and patty the batty and sugar sean o'malley wow it sounds like they could be like a comic book duo just saying it like that together but they're, they're going to be huge in the UFC, and I'm super freaking excited for it because, I mean, who who doesn't like fighting? Who doesn't like live, fe, kind of feeling like you're in, like, Roman times? You know what I mean? Like, watching gladiators fight. Unfortunately, there's no lines to feed them to after. That sucks. But, like, hey, we can get past it. We see a little bit of blood. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think anyone's ever died in the UFC, but in WWE, people have died. You know what I mean? Like, during. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And it's not even real. It's a fake. I mean, it's fake, but it's real. Like, it's real, the, the certain things that they do. But, like, the celebrity, like, the acting and stuff is, like, like we all really believe that Stephanie McMahon got abducted and got drugged and married Triple H. What? That was the big, like, and I was sitting at the edge of my seat, like, oh, my God, this is not okay. You can't, like, my PC mind was already kicking in at, like, age eight. I was like, oh, my God, this is not okay. Poor Stephanie, she's passed out and she just agreed to marry this terrible man. It's like, it's fake. Didn't know that then. Know that now. Actually, I thought wrestling was real until I was 14. 
And I was like a huge like flat earther on it. Like I would fight fools. I'd be like, no, bro, I'll fucking swanton bomb on your ass, dog. I'll fucking I'll do it right now, bro. I'll do it right now, bro. You remember what was it? The Ed Hardy bros or the Jeff Jeff and Matt Hardy. Remember Lita? You remember Lita? Everybody remembers Lita. They were kind of a weird goth. Whatever the fuck. You know what they reminded me of? You know, in the second Matrix movie, when they're all in the cave underground, they're all like, dude, they're like dancing and shit. They're all dressed weird. That's what they were dressed like. Like fishnets and like, like lime see-through fishnets. Like, why are you doing that? You can wear other things. (laughs) All right, let's, let's, let's get in. Let's change the pace. Let's get into some music, yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about uh, Spirit Box. Um, Spirit Box is a band that I've been listening to for a little bit. Um, really good band. Has a female front vocalist. She sings. She screams. Um, she's also married to the guitar player, which is really cool. I don't know why I think that's cool. I just kind of do. Like I appreciate it because it's like they're both doing what they love to do, but together. You know what I mean? They get to like, I mean, like that's like the coolest thing ever. You know, I mean, when I was a touring musician, I was like, damn, like, like it would be cool. Like if I could have like my significant other with me, you know what I mean? All the time. And like, maybe they can do something like play like the triangle or like the cowbell or something, you know, cause I'm the drummer. Sorry. The drummer. Honestly, so if somebody's watching this Photoshop my ass in this picture, yo. Just Photoshop my ass in this picture, like right here. You can't see. Yeah, you can see the mouse right there. Get me right there. But don't make me as blurred out as him and make me more focused than him. You know what I mean? Like still have center on her. But me is like definitely number two, you know, like Red Ranger, Blue Ranger, yellow, pink. It's fine. You know what I mean? It's cool. But what I really like about this band is the singer and the guitar player both came from a band called I Wrestled the Bear once which is super rad. And then she ended up leaving because she didn't want to just like be the person who, you know, replaced a girl that was in this band called that. Cause there was a girl before her that was in Iris of the bear once. And this chick replaced her. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to go do my own thing. But before she went and did her own thing, she married this guy from the same band. And now they're both doing their own thing together on tour. And you know, it's pretty rad. I mean, like obviously she's doing well for herself. I mean, take a look at that right there. Look at that fact. Just 1.5 million in net worth, just her alone. That's that's amazing. That's great to see. Like for as a musician, like especially this genre that she's in, like it's a really niche genre, and it's really hard to like make it like that. But the fact that she's doing it, crushing it, loving it, and the album that they just put out, fan fucking tastic. It's a uh, Eternal Blue. There's a lot of really cool songs on there, and they have a uh, they have the guy the the if there's a band called the Architect. There's a band called Architects. I need to slow down. They have a uh, their singer Sam is on it, and he is a Manchester United fan. I love him, and uh, yeah, he's on he's on one of their songs. I believe it's called Yellow Jacket. Check that out. You would definitely definitely like it if you're into like Bring Me the Horizon. If you're into like Wage War, it's kind of like along those lines, um, more heavy than it is like rock element. But the rock elements are so catchy, and the choruses are so good. It's just like damn. Like I'm in the car, the music's not even playing and I'm like humming the songs. So definitely check them out. Um, and yeah, like we got to appreciate artists and take care of them. And we can't have situations happen like bad situations, like where their artists, their artists and like their mental, I guess, start to suffer because, you know, like 
they're worried about appeasing fans. Like, remember, you're just a fan. Like, your job is to go there and appreciate their music, not to dictate, like, how to, like, write their songs or how to dictate their careers. Like, I guess we're, we're, this is kind of, like, random, I guess, like, where it's coming from. But I just recently read and heard about everything that's going on with Doja Cat, and it's totally despicable. I think it's awful that, like, people are, like, bullying her into, like, you know, feeling like she can't write music anymore and that she can't do that. Like, apparently she quit music. And she's basically like got bullied online because of something that happened in South America. It was like a um, like it was like a concert, and I guess it was raining a bunch. And I guess in this concert, a bunch of people canceled. A bunch of people had to go home, and she obviously went back to her hotel. Well, some people found out where she, what hotel she was at, and they went over there and they, they demanded like a meet and greet. But like it's raining, you're not gonna come out. Like I'm not doing that, you know. And it's like. It's one thing to be on stage and performing in front of like that many people, but unfortunately it's one thing like having to go in front of them and like talk to them and like touch them, especially in this culture of what's going on, like with COVID and whatnot. So like I get it, but what makes it harder is a lot of people that were scheduled to play that concert were performing off of their balcony at the same hotel. So they were kind of like anticipating or wanting the same thing from her but yo like she doesn't have to do that for you guys like at the end of the day maybe she was bummed out that the concert was over and that she couldn't give you guys a good performance you know what i mean why would you why would you think she would subject herself to giving you no offense but like an even worse performance off of a fucking balcony you know what i mean it's not like you can just be mgk and pull out a guitar and just like you know like talk about slitting your fucking pink ass wrists like it doesn't like work like that with the style of mu music she has. Either she has a PA system that's loud enough with a microphone that's like connected to that to be able to, or that's just not going to happen. She's not going to do an acoustic set. How was she supposed to do that on fly, like impromptu? It, it doesn't work like that. With pop punk music, like MGK's music, it does work like that. You can do that. It's chord progressions. It's chord progressions. My name is MGK. Uh... I'm dating Megan Fox. Uh, I used to rap, but now I'm uh Eminem ruined my career, so now I do pop punk. Uh, even though I like MGK's music, but like low key, I look at him and I'm like, this guy, fucking this guy, you know. But like, it's sad because I I, I separate the music from the morons, you know. And it's like, if you're a moron, I think you're a moron, but your music is good. I still think you're a moron. But I think your music is good. You know? I don't think you're good. I just think your music is good. And granted, why do I feel like a lot of those songs are just like Blink-182 like knockoffs? Like, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket meets like, like Feeling This, you know, like Enemy of the State, Enema of the State vibes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like these songs are just like almost written that way. And he just puts his like, like fucking NGK, fucking pink ass guitar bit to it, you know? And that's fine. Get your bags, because why? We like bags. Why? Because we're fully about it. Why? Because we like money. We like money. But, yeah, leave Doja Cat alone. She's a person at the end of the day. Y'all can't be bullying her to make her feel like she can't fucking write music. And to be fair, like, you know, you know what you're signing up for to a degree. You have to. You have to. Because when you sign a contract, especially to be like somebody like her, you know, to be like that huge and they're going to build you. They're going to make you into a machine, you know, in, in a way that like takes away your genuine aspect to it, you know. And for her, it was I want to be able to go out to dive bars and like hang out with my friends. I want to be able to write my own music, not have ghostwriters do it. 
here's the thing. Like when you're not writing your own songs, the connection to the song isn't there. Now for common folk, people who don't write music, who don't do anything artistic like that, you wouldn't understand what that feels like. But for people like myself who has albums on Spotify and albums on Apple and, you know, music videos that I've been in on YouTube, I have a connection to those, not because I'm in those videos or I'm playing these songs, but because I helped write them. You know what I mean? To me, that transcends. To me, there's a connection to that. But now take that out and have somebody else write it for you. And you're just walking into a room, a beautiful room, a beautiful studio. And you're like, all right, here's a track. Go ahead. Like, that's not tight. Like, there's nothing genuine about that. So, like, I get where she's coming from. So, for people to attack her and make her feel bad about all of, you know, whatever she, whatever people attacked her on, like, it was pretty bad. Like, a lot of it was in, like, South American, but, like, some of it was in English and translated. And it's just vile stuff. Like, and it's not chill. Like, like, the, like people are so inherently racist too. Like they'll take like anybody who is like ethnic and like they'll give a shit about them because it matters at the moment. But the minute they fuck up once, they'll just cast them aside. You know what I mean? It just, it happens so much and it's such bullshit. You know, like, I mean, like look at like, like, like look at certain like African-American athletes, like the minute they have an injury and their career is over, nobody gives a fuck about them anymore. And that's bullshit. Nobody, nobody helps. Nobody cares. And I, you know, I have friends who are in situations like that, like where they were something at one point and now they're not, and nobody gives a shit about them. It's like, what the fuck, dude? But that's just the material world that we live in. You know, we live in a world that you're, you're disposable, you know, you're, you're good for this time. And the minute you mess up, we're just going to dispose you. That's what it feels like to be like in a situation as an ethnic person, you know, we have to work extra hard, you know, other cultures more hard, you know, other races more hard. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, damn, for sure. Like this chick's going to go and write you guys all these songs. You guys are going to pay all this damn money to come out and see her. But the minute she shows you anything of her human self, you guys are going to like tear her of that. That is awful. That is terrible. And like, like, honestly, I'm glad she's not doing music anymore because none of you fucks deserve it. Like, that's not chill. That's not right. And like, I hope anyone who's ever trolled or bullied anybody online, like, like, really learns from it i'm not like gonna wish ill on you but like i'm saying i hope you learn from it because like your words could really affect people to the point of like making them into statistics and what i mean by that is they can off themselves i'm not trying to get like too serious but like in in a reality like what if doja cat has these insecurities about herself and all these people are like throwing these insecurities in her face she's probably like dude these guys are right if they can see right through me and these are thoughts that I'm having in a, on a micro level, those thoughts that are on a micro level now magnified because she's going to take what these people are saying, like, I guess more deeply, you know what I mean? Because it, it might be validating the bad feelings she's having about herself. Again, athletes are humans. Artists are humans. And like they have mentals. We have to respect them. And if we don't, then it's like fucking inherently selfish. You know, like you're a dick, bro. Like be empathetic. Learn to be there for your friends. Like literally, what does that community, what does Crystalia say? Make friends in the comments. Like if you're in the pit and you see somebody fall, pick them up. Pick them up. We're, you know, we're past that.
Insert the insert the leave. You know how they used to say leave Britney alone? Yo, leave Doja alone. I'll kill you guys. Punk asses. But let's change topic. I got way too serious. My my blood pressure is higher. So it's one of those things. So next thing I want to talk about, guys, let's just go into the next step topic of segment. You know what? No, let's take a break. Let's take a quick break. Your boy's back. Weird look at the camera. Anyways, so let's go ahead and talk about um, TV. Something I really like is TV. Part of the big thing I like about TV is you can see a lot of different stories. You can see a lot of different. I mean, when I say TV, I don't mean like CNN and stuff like that. I mean like TV shows like Game of Thrones, HBO Max type stuff. You know what I mean? One thing I've been watching on uh, Paramount Plus is Halo. Halo has a new series that just came out and it's it's remarkable. It looks it honestly, it looks really cool. Like the whole aspect of it, like behind like the way Master Chief looks and like the storyline. Some people are saying it's kind of dull, but like no, I absolutely like it. Like if you say that it is dull, like I don't know what you're expecting. This isn't gonna be Marvel. This is its own thing. This was like this is gonna be like a new a whole new type of series. This could be huge, honestly. Like we've seen how far the Halo games have gone. And like how many different Halo games there are. So like personally, like like I see this being huge. But it you know it shows us Silver Team, shows us Halo, it shows us Master Chief, it shows us what he looks like under, uh, underneath the mask too. Like off the first episode, his they took the helmet off at the end, and you're like, oh, well that was quick. Because you know in the majority of the games, we never see his we we never see him take it off or what his face looks like. So for him to I guess see that off rip that or for us to see that off rip is pretty crazy. But I've been watching that. Um, it's I think weekly episodes, so every episode or every week a new episode comes out, and it's it's been pretty good. For a first episode, I'd probably give it like a seven out of ten. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't put all my money on the table yet. But it's pretty good for what it is. Like they they didn't like overly fantasize it. They didn't make the covenant look awkward. Like it looks pretty good for what it is. I mean, even the armor on Master Chief, it looks pretty good. It doesn't look bad at all. So that's one thing I was watching. Another th- another show that's an amazing show. It's a net- Netflix show. If you have Netflix, you can watch this. And they're making a movie. It's called The Last Kingdom. Oh, man, it's so good. So basically, it's like about this guy named Uhtred, right? And he he's like a kid at the time. And he he is an elderman's um, son. An elderman is like a lord, basically, of, of, like, a right, of like a land, like a governor. Uh Vikings come and I guess some something ends up happening and he ends up being taken by the Vikings him and like one of the girls that he grew up with so they both get raised as Vikings so what happens naturally him and his Viking family come back and they're about to pillage these towns and you know he realizes who he is where he's from and he basically um, stays and the story is all about him and it's all about uniting Britain and it's all about uniting Britain under one nation and it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Like the guy that plays him, it's this guy right here. Um, he doesn't look much like a warrior, but obviously you can see the picture next to him. Uh, the guy's just the guy's just like really nice too. Like like as an actor, like I've I've heard some like stories about Alexander Draymond, and he's just super kind, super 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 nice. This is him congratulating all the fans and saying thank you. What's even cool is the fact that like not just like they have the TV shows that are happening. But like they have a movie coming out. It's I guess called like uh, Death to Seven Kings or something like that. So they just filmed it and apparently it was cumbersome. 
it was very emotional and it was like hard like they described it almost like what the game of thrones actors describe battle of the bastards you know there was so much going on and uh so much horses and it was a huge fight scene so that's what they were saying they said it was just the elements were getting to them and yeah so you know it's going to be good you know a lot of their like emotions got poured onto these scenes so it's going to be the last installment they just finished i believe season four or season five of last kingdom and they're going to make one movie and that's pretty much it but yeah so definitely check that out love it um not gonna lie has a couple of tearjerker moments for me especially um that was my dog also also for her hi how you doing um but yeah so we'll go ahead and move past that and now we could talk about something that I was super stoked that I want to talk to everybody about. I'm not even like mad about it. I'm not even anything about it, but I'm super stoked on it. Like beyond stoked on it. You probably already know. The Batman. Dude. First of all. I talked shit on it. I was like, Robert Pattinson? Really? Edward Cullen? Really? His diamonds and this when the sun hits him. Why? He's just weird. You know, he, he does like he's just weird. Why would they make Edward Cullen Batman? I mean, I figured Ben Affleck, who's next, you know? I wasn't far off. I really wasn't. I forgot who I said, but there was somebody who was very like I may have said Taylor Lautner as Batman at one point in my life. Which was the most the biggest mistake I could even imagine. Him as Batman, his goofy ass, what he's been in lately, absolutely not. But Robert Pattinson as Batman, wow. The voice was spot on. The angst was spot on. You know, it's 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 year two as Batman. You know, you're not getting the Batman that we see in The Dark Knight where he's been Batman for a while now. You know, like obviously like in the first Batman movie, that first Nolan trilogy, we saw him coming of like kind of like age. He went into the League of Shadows to become Batman, comes back, he takes care of the city, yada, yada. With this, he's been already Batman for like two years. Year one was him basically like, yes, like I'm I'm Batman. And I'm going to protect you guys. And I'm going to make sure I stop crime. Now in year two, he is getting his ass kicked. And there's more crime. There's more kingpins. There's more bad people. So he's like, what the hell am I even doing? So it's still a very like adolescent, like youthful kind of situation where he's like, fuck, like no matter what I do, it gets worse and worse. Now, like um, what's nice about Pattinson is he's still young and he plays a very young Bruce Wayne. Well, he plays him well in the sense of you can still tell he's unsure. You know, he's not fully sure of himself. He's not like he, he doesn't have the Bruce Wayne that we see in like year five, you know, where. He knows, he's sure, where even the Bruce Wayne that we see in DC Titans, where it's like he's not telling everybody the whole plan. The Bruce Wayne that has a countermeasure for every single person in the Justice League in case they'll go in case they go AWOL. You know, Bruce Wayne really is the smartest, one of the smartest people in this universe. Um, you don't really see that in this. You see a young one, you see a young guy. I mean, everything about him is young. Even his bat suit looks young, you know beautiful suit like the way it looks like the way like it looks beautiful man it doesn't it doesn't look clunky you know but it looks like something you would have during year two um so that was cool he had an okay build for it too like he wasn't like too buff like i noticed 
like Ben Affleck's Batman. Ugh, he was really buff, you know, like like Gold Gym Batman. That's what I called him. But no, like with him, it was more like you could tell he was still like getting his physique together. Like he's, you know, when you when you think of Bruce Wayne as a young kid, the way they portrayed him, it wasn't like he was, uh, I don't know, like a stout kid. You know, he was like a young kid, like like very like not frail looking, but he was skinny. So how does a skinny ass kid turn into like Ben Affleck's brutish looking Batman? That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't seem real. And like. You know, I noticed the other Batmans, like Christopher Nolan's Batman, um, Snyder's Batman, they're very, like, gadget-oriented, you know what I mean? And part of the reason is they had Lucius Fox, and that guy was the designer for Batman. They, you know, he would make all his technology. In this Batman, there is no Lucius Fox character. He already has, you know, his own um, – he's using his own money at this in this movie to pay for his own gadgets and, like, work his own gadgets, Based on what they're showing us. I mean, the Batmobile is like a supercharger, like a like a muscle car. You know what I mean? It's not even like the sleek, you know, tank looking thing that we're used to, you know? And like he very, very seldom used those technology. I would say the Batman is more of like a detective noir film. You know, it's very like, so tell me why you did this. What does this mean? It's very like dialogue driven, but like the time that there was any sort of fighting, it was brutal. The time that there was any sort of like dialogue between like the Batman and the Riddler and man, the Riddler, the Riddler was nuts. Like, like such a good role. Like, honestly, hold on. Let's pull him up. The Riddler, the Batman. Do you guys remember the kid from um, the girl next door? Let me see. This kid, he's the Riddler, bro. This guy is the fucking Riddler. Isn't that the most hilarious thing? He's the this guy. I mean, like, if you haven't seen the movie, you're a dick, you know? Like, sorry, dude. Yeah, that's what the Riddler looks like. The Riddler that we're used to, like the actual Riddler from, like, Batman, we're used to, like, this, this fucking guy. <laughs> This guy, this guy more so from like the show Gotham. If you guys watch that show, it's phenomenal. It's a really good show. Check that out. I mean, like this is the kind of Riddler I suspected. This, this is a sociopath and I'm all about it. Like this is all like, yeah, like why would the Riddler be so clean cut? Why would he not be like this psycho looking dude? Why would he look? Why would he look like this? Why would he look like this? Why would he look like this? You tell me out of these ones, which one you'd rather have. And I would understand if it's these last two. But for me, it's this one. It was dark. The guy who played him, very good. It was this guy. The guy from Girl Next Door. He looks up with two porn stars. Look. Right here. He's right here. This guy. This guy. He's playing video games between two dudes. That's tight. That's tight, bro. Y'all remember this movie, though. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> But yeah, I liked it. I also did like Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell was like, yo, Colin Farrell is probably one of our one of the best actors we have. And part of the reason is method acting scares the shit out of me. But like when it's done right, like when we actually see it finally on a screen, like look at this. This is Colin fucking Farrell as fucking the penguin. They gave him a fat suit and a fat face and some like prosthetics. And they're like, now you want to sound like this. 
You want to sound like this, like you're from Chicago. Talk like talk like you just ate a hot dog. And that's kind of like seriously how he talks. Like, like there's a there's like a chase scene. I don't want to divulge too much of the movie, but like, like you chase his ass, and like the stuff that he's saying, it's nuts. I mean, this is the penguin that we're used to. This fucking Danny DeVito guy. Like, I don't know. I never really liked these older style Batman movies. I just thought they were like way over the top. People are like, yeah, but you just don't like Tim Burton, and it's like fine. Like. I don't, but I do, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't like these older ones. Like I like more, like I like a penguin who looks more like a mobster rather than a penguin that looks like a literal fucking penguin. You know what I mean? In the comic books, I know it was more phantasmal. That's even a word. Like the penguin was hanging out with, you know, Mr. Freeze and there was penguin everywhere. So lame. I get it. It's a cartoon, but so lame. Like give us, give, give us gang, gang members. Manja, manja. I want manja. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of a cool thing. And also the one thing, the one thing I could say that could be, could have been better is Zoe Kravitz's character um, in the Batman. Personally, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was that good. Like I thought, I thought we were going to get a little bit more like Catwoman action. You know, personally, I thought Anne Hathaway was a little bit of a better fucking Catwoman. I thought Mia fucking Thermopolis was better. You know what I mean? But like, is Zoe Kravitz beautiful? Yes. Was she an okay Catwoman? Yes. Do I want her to be Catwoman and come back in the other movies? No, not really. I, don't, I could care less. Let's do Poison Ivy. Can we give Poison Ivy a story? And I'm not talking about Uma. You know? I'm not talking about Uma. Because Uma was weird. Like, this is what girls look like now. Girls look like this now. For, like, no reason. Like, why do you have, like, this on your... Like, what? Why? Where are you going? Like, you have plants? Why do you have plants? Uma. Imagine your name being Uma. Like, first of all, that can't be her real name. I'm not going to Google it. Next episode, we'll dialogue into her name. But like, Uma? That's not real. It's not real. I don't believe it. But it was a great movie. And the other thing is, they showed us a deleted image. Or a deleted scene. Deleted image. This is technically a deleted image. It's a still. But no, they they showed us the fucking Joker. They showed us the Joker way. They did. Literally, they did. They showed us five minutes of a deleted scene where Batman is talking to the Joker. And it's nuts. Like, the guy who plays him is the guy from the Eternals. Eternals. Let me see if I can do this. Yeah, this guy. Gotta love Google. Why does Google just kick ass? This guy. He's a good actor. I think I think he has he's like UK or like Scottish descent. But yeah, I would not be surprised if they do another movie and he is the Joker. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do like with with this guy with freaking Joaquin Phoenix. Like is he just going to be Granddaddy Joker, like the one that started it all, you know? Like or that is that really its own thing? Like there is no Batman in in that universe. It's just the Joker and he's just a psychopath. Who knows? But it was a great movie. I call it Year Two Batman Emo, or the Batman Year Two. I'm Emo. That's what I call it, and that's fine. You know, we were all Emo at one point. We all had the, you know, and then like the in the back and like little fingers and stuff. It just it's fine. You know, Taking Back Sunday was everybody's favorite band. It's cool. My Chemical Romance was mine. It's fine. You know what I mean? But go see that movie. Go check it out. You know, like it's definitely not the best Batman ever, but it's one of the best Batmans I've ever seen. Nothing's going to top Heath Ledger and like Christian Bale. I'm sorry to all you little boys out there and little girls. It's not going to be 
the same thing. It's not. It's not. It doesn't even stand a chance. And plus, Christopher Nolan, bro. Like, we were immersed in that shit. We were Batman. We were Heath Ledger. We were in those perspectives. This was a good movie. But that's pretty much all I would say. I'd probably sell, I'd probably give it a nice 8 out of 10. And would you say that that's worth it for you to go see it in movie theaters? I would. If it was a 7, that's a big maybe. If it was anything under a seven, I would tell you guys just wait till it gets comes out. But it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing it on that big level because it's dark and you want to see all the stuff that you can see, especially when Batman's beating the shit out of these mobsters. But yeah, other than that, that was pretty much my my episode this week, guys. You know, please like, follow, subscribe, all the shits. You know, because if you don't hit the buttons and do all the shits, then I don't. You don't see me. And then all this is pointless. Your boy wants bags. You know, he wants bags five years from now. So, like, help him get bags. T- check me out on TikTok as well. At the Fully Over Podcast. I got some funny clips that come up from these podcast episodes. Sometimes it's fun to go back and look at all the funny stuff that I'm saying and see if I can make you guys laugh with it. And for the most part, people on TikTok are stoked on it. So, with that being said, hope you guys have a good time this week. I hope that. Everything you guys need happens. And remember, be nice to people. Remember, it's not all about you. So with that being said, enjoy some music.